Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of the Sum Wellness Podcast. Today, I am bringing you a short introduction to the Sum Wellness 30-Day Mindset Series. This is going to be the first in a series of several episodes where I bring to you some of my best and favorite things from the series. Make sure that you check out the show notes so you can sign up for this series and get all of the things that accompany the series. Thanks for listening. Yay! Okay, I have tried multiple times to start this episode and I was having some tech issues. Okay, welcome to a next uh, new episode in the Sun Wellness Virtual Gym. Today I am talking about my Sum Wellness 30 Day Mindset Challenge. I want to start a small series here where I talk about that challenge. I'm not gonna do every day for the next 30 days, but I did want to introduce this to you guys and offer it to you. And if you want to, you can sign up and do the series. I am of the belief that January 1 is not the only time to start working on goals. But I do see for some people how it's really easy in their mind to to do that. A lot of times people will start something new on a Monday or on the first of a month. So why not the first of the year? I totally get it. And I know at the time of this recording, it's the ninth of the month. So it's not the first, but there's no other better time to start anything than this moment right now. Whenever you're listening to this, whatever day of the week it is, no matter what month it is, no matter what day of the month it is, it is a perfect time to start. This came into your life at this moment for a reason. That being said, the first day I am going to basically read for you verbatim what day one of the challenge is so you know what you're getting into. It kind of sets the tone for the whole challenge, and I call it a challenge, it's not really a challenge. It's a free tool that I've created that gives you a ton of resources to get your mindset right. It's a great accompaniment to any goals that you're working on right now, or if you feel like your goals are out of reach and you need a little something to push you to get started on those goals, this is perfect. And you don't have to complete this series to start your goals. You can do them together, separate, whatever works for you. So to get started, day one, some 30-day mindset challenge. A note on meditation. I recorded a meditation or guided relaxation years ago. This is one that I use in every single yoga class. I highly recommend that you do this daily and before you do your gratitude and intentions. You'll have an email about that on day four but you can find the recording here. And this is in the email, but for our purposes today, you can find it in the description, the the link to that meditation. Moving on, making space for a positive mindset. I'm so glad that you decided to start this journey to a better mindset. It takes work. There's no way around this. Come on, you guys. Everybody knows that everything in life takes work. Nothing comes easy. There's no magic pill Unfortunately, we have to work our butts off for everything. Um, This email series is not a quote-unquote magic pill. It will only work for you if you do the legwork. 
I'm just here giving you the tools that have worked for me. I cannot give you the motiva motivation to make this work either. Unfortunately, no one can motivate you but you. It's just like when people are talking about helping someone who has an addiction. They truly cannot heal from that addiction until they are ready. You cannot motivate them to do it. Something has to happen in them and something has to click in them for them to be ready to heal. And the same thing for you. I cannot make you motivated to do this challenge or to do this series. I cannot make you motivated to finally reach your goals. But what I can do is share with you the tools that have helped me. Um, it has to be something that you truly see the need for and want to make the changes in your life to create a more positive outlook. Did you know that the average person has an estimated of 70,000 thoughts per day? Take a moment to think about the thoughts that run through your mind. Are they positive and uplifting? Today is going to be an amazing day. And I honestly feel that nearly every day by doing everything that I share with you in these this series. But it's not something that I did in 30 days. It's taken me years to hone this practice. Any case, or are your thoughts negative and self-defeating? I don't have the energy to get through today. To get these 30 days started, we are going to make some room for positivity by letting go of the unnecessary negativity that's holding you back. Sounds easier said than done, but I promise you, if you put this into practice, it will help you. It won't cure you, but it will help you. And it sounds all woo-woo, and it used to irritate the crap, of me, crap out of me when people used to say stuff like this, but it really has made a gigantic difference in my life. Anyways, positive thoughts boost your mood, spirit, and generate even more positivity and happiness in your life. The more positive you are, the more positive your life will be. The more negative you are, the more negative your life will be. You have to hone your life. Conversely, pessimistic thoughts create a domino effect of negativity. I mean, think about it. When you are at work or with your girlfriends, and you go into the day feeling all great and positive and happy, and then you come across negative people or gossipy people or mean girls, doesn't that bring you down? It really does. So, and it has a domino effect and it can, as each interaction with these people happens, it can bring you more and more down and down and down. But is there somebody in your life that's always positive and always happy and they always seem to help lift you up when you're having a bad day? It's so true. Anyways, um, your thoughts tremendously affect how you live your life and how others perceive you. Thankfully, you don't have to live with negative mental chatter. You can choose to change the channel and have a positive outlook. It takes practice. Like I said, I've been working on this for nearly 38 years. I'm 38 years old and I was plagued. While I, I seemed outwardly happy to people all of my life, internally, I am plagued <laughs> with anxiety and depression. It's something that I have struggled with, honestly, for as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time in my life where things, uh, where I didn't kind of have to fight every day to just be. But I do, and I've used these tools, and my outlook on life is a lot better. It's not perfect, and it's something I really do have to work on every day, but 
anyways, I've changed that channel. I do have a more positive outlook. I've been working on this practice for a long time. And soon enough, your mind will naturally gravitate toward, towards more positive thought, thoughts. Excuse me. You can practice cultivating a happy outlook with these tips. Now, remember, these are things that I work on myself every day. If you've followed me for any length of time, you know that gratitude is kind of my jam. A lot of people know that I'm known for gratitude, and I haven't been doing my gratitude posts nearly as often as I like to. It used to be a daily thing, but it had a tremendous effect on my life, and it's something that comes naturally. I can take a step back in any moment and look around and just feel so much gratitude and be so grateful for the moment I'm in. And I can find something, even in the worst of times, I can find something positive about it. So these tips, hold on to gratitude, hold on to your energy and your purpose, hold on to people who are uplifting. And I want to, I, I when I thought I was recording before, I went on a whole like rant about each one of these, but I really want you to sign up for this and get all the details. But I do want to talk a minute about this, holding on to uplifting people. This means that you have to let go of people who aren't uplifting. Trust me, this has been a hard practice for me. I have had to learn to accept that there are some people in my life, friends, family, co-workers, acquaintances, Facebook friends that I don't really see that are so negative and so toxic that they just don't have a place in my life. And I've had to let them go or at least limit my time with them. And it's really unfortunate, but it's my life. And my life affects my husband and my children. And if I can't take care of myself because these other people and their negativity and their toxicity are affecting me so much, then I need, I, I need to hone my circle and let go of those people. And it's been hard. It's been really, really hard. And I've had a lot of labels because of it. But my life and my family are happy. So Hold on to people who uplift you, people who are vibrating on a positive frequency that will keep you grounded, inspired, and connected to your greater purpose. People who help you believe in yourself. It's not something that will happen overnight, letting go of these people. Trust me, I know. But it is okay to let go of these people. Anyways, hold on to quiet time. Now, as a mom, I totally get now how hard this is. Uh, my life is really driven by guilt. <laughs> I do so many things out of guilt because I don't want to hurt other people or upset other people. So I will do things that I don't want to do because I'll feel guilty if I didn't do them. And that's something that I'm working on. So that being said, I'm very riddled by mom guilt. When my little girl cries, it bothers the crap out of me. When things that Bob and I do affect our kids... It bothers me. It's hard. It's hard to take me time when I know that my family needs me. But like I was saying, it's really important for you to take care of yourself because that affects your family as a whole. That affects your life. So you have to make time for yourself. Anyways, hold on to good deeds. I've lived my life in service. At 16 years old, I became an EMT and did that, an emergency medical technician, and did that 
for years. I was a firefighter, a volunteer firefighter, and I did that for years. I am a certified health coach, so I, I serve people by helping them find happiness and health and wellness in their life. I'm a yoga instructor. I became a yoga instructor because yoga changed me and my anxiety and my depression, and I wanted to serve other people and give that back to them. Everything I've done has been of service. I'm a teacher. Everybody knows the service that teachers are putting out there. So that's just me. That's the kind of person I am. I'm not trying to be egotistical about it. It is just something inside of me that it's a requirement for my life is to be of service to other people. I believe that that has been one of the best things for my depression is serving other people. Being able to help other people and know that I'm doing something important gives my life purpose when otherwise I don't know my purpose in life and I don't know why I'm here. And when I'm not in touch with that purpose is when I see that it is easy for me to let my life go. I'm not there, so don't you don't need to report me to anybody. I'm not there, but I just want you to know that this is why these tips have worked for me. Anyways, so I want you to let go of negative self-talk. I have been horrible about this my whole life. I am still plagued by it, and it's still a practice that I work on every day. But you are beautiful. You are meant to be here. You are a good person. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this or watching this right now. You wouldn't be signing up for the series. So please let go of the negativity that you feel around yourself. Everybody here has a purpose and has somebody that loves them, even if you don't feel like it. Let go of limiting beliefs. Replace beliefs that aren't serving you anymore and replace them with uplifting, supportive thoughts. So this is kind of something that you can glean from a, a meditation practice. So a common myth that people have about meditation is that you have to clear your mind of all thoughts, that you cannot be thinking a thought. And that's the point of meditation, that you sit there and like, I don't know, complete whiteness in your mind. And that's just not true. It's not possible. Our mind is always doing something. Our mind is always jumping from thought to thought to thought. Think of a monkey jumping from tree to tree to tree. That's our mind. And so in meditation, especially in the beginning, it helps to have something to think about, to bring yourself back to. So if you're meditating, you're trying to meditate, and your mind wanders to your grocery list, and you start thinking, when I go to the store, I need to get tomatoes. Uh, oh, I need to get trash bags. And then all of a sudden you realize, ah, no, 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 I'm supposed to be meditating. So you write your grocery list on that proverbial or that imaginary post-it and you set it to the side. You bring yourself back to whether you have a mantra, whether you're focusing on your breathing. If you can't close your eyes, maybe you have something that you're, that you're looking at visually to help focus. Maybe you're listening to a guided meditation and you stop listening to that and start thinking about your grocery list. Just bring your mind back. And you may have to do that dozens of times in a, like a one or two minute meditation. It's a meditation practice. You are practicing. And so the same thing happens when you need to let go of limiting beliefs or even letting go of negative self-talk. When you realize that you've said this negative thing or that you've said this limiting belief, say, you know what? No, this isn't where I want to be. I'm going to 
I'm going to write that down because I still feel it. It's still there. I still think it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to set it to the side. But also on my pro list, I'm going to write, I have great hair. I have beautiful eyes. Whatever. Write it down. Or I'm really good at doing this. I'm really good at being a mom. I'm really good at crafting. I'm really good at sewing. I'm really good at singing. I'm really good at dancing, whatever it is. You can take those cons because they are real. You really feel them. You really think them, but you want to let them go, but you can write them on this con list. And then you write your pros on your pro list. And the more you do that, the more you let go of those other things, the easier it is for those positive things to take place. Um, so let go of resistance. If you want results, you have to do things differently. Um, make small changes consistently and they'll add up to transform your life. Again, I didn't want to read every little note, but there are some, there are some things that I really want to make sure I cover. Please read the book, The Compound Effect. It has been my number one favorite personal development book. And if you are resistant to self-help or personal development, Please open your mind. Please broaden your horizons. Take a new perspective because you have to evolve yourself as a person. You can't keep doing all these other things that aren't working that got you here in the first place. So you have to find new tools and techniques. And these personal development books really can give you new tools and techniques, much like this series, to help you. And the compound effect was one of my favorite ones. Anyways, and let go of your ego. It's nice to be right, but it's nicer to be happy. So many people don't realize what the ego is. And it is way too big of a thing for me to cover in this episode. But know that anytime that you judge other people, anytime that you feel insecure about something, that's your ego. And it has no place in your life. Not in that sense, at least. So included in the first email of the series is a weekly compass exercise. And every week you'll be visiting this exercise and keeping track of your goals to help you create the tasks to reach these goals. This exercise sheds light on which weekly priorities align with your ultimate goals. You may find that tasks you originally considered necessary actually aren't. When scheduling tasks on your calendar, refer to this list. Prioritizing is all about decisions. So when you do this list every or do this activity every week, list out everything that you need to do for the week. For example, yoga class twice a week, two grocery store trips, laundry, cook two family dinners, clean the house, study, watch TV, walk the dog, etc. Everything that you need to do for the, the week, write them down. And then underline the ones that have got to get done this week. Like you have to eat every week. You have to do your laundry every week. You have to get your house clean. So underline the things that are non-negotiables that you have to get done this week. And then on a separate sheet of activity, I want you to divide it into three columns and write three goals for the year, the year. And under each goal, I want you to write or list the activities that you have to do every week to reach that goal. Not to accomplish that goal, but just little steps to help you get closer to that goal and list those activities under each goal. Uh, so anything that you didn't underline on the first list is something that's negotiable. It's not necessary that you have got to get it done. 
So when your calendar becomes full with the non-negotiables, what do you do about the things that are negotiable? You can delegate responsibilities, you can reprioritize, you can reevaluate. So this exercise really helps you to kind of just on paper see this, the, broad, the bigger picture, this big perspective of your life and your goals and the things that you have to do. And I am the, just like you. I feel like they're not enough hours in a day, days in a week, weeks in a month, month, months in a year. We have a lot going on in our life. And we all have the same 24 hours. So these are the things that helped me manage my 24 hours. I've always been the kind of person to do a million things at one time. For example, up until recently, I was working a full-time job, working my master's degree. I have a toddler and three stepchildren. I also planned a wedding. And I did all of that at the same time while keeping a 3.5 or higher GPA in my master's class. And I also signed up for my other side teaching job. And I've always had different side jobs. I also do my yoga and wellness stuff. So I'm the kind of person that always does a million things. And I can guarantee you that my children will tell you that I'm always around, unless I have to be at the hospital working. That was like one of the things that I really couldn't control that much. But anyways, I'm not saying this because... I think I'm better than you or because I'm egotistical. I'm just saying like, we've all got crap going on in our lives. We all have stuff, a million different things going on. It's just finding the right way to manage it for you. And my way might not be the right way, but give it a try and see if this helps you like it helped me. I don't know. There's so many different ways to manage your time. This just happens to be something that's helped me. And I've done this so many times that I don't even have to do it anymore. I don't have to sit down and write out my goals anymore. Some people believe that you should always do it. Not me. I did it. It became a habit. It's a habitual thing in my life. And I feel like I'm really great at it that I don't have to write it down anymore. And you may get there too. But there are some people that it becomes such an obsession for them that they continue doing it forever. Whatever. You do you. So anyways, if you are still overbooked, Reconsider the non-negotiable activities. Are they truly non-negotiable? If so, do you have to be the one doing them? Perhaps a few tasks may be delegated to someone else in your support circle. Be creative and open to reprioritizing your weekly activities. As life shifts, so will your priorities. Use this exercise often, for the purposes of this series, every week, to stay focused. Condition yourself to write out your plans. Oftentimes, seeing it on paper changes your perspective. I finish off the first email by sharing with you that years ago I made a video all about how to get out of a funk. It seems that most everyone these days is in a funk of some sort, so I feel this may help set the stage, so to speak, for making space for a more positive mind spec. I hope that you can mindset. I hope that you can glean, glean some sort of nugget of something helpful. Um, I just want to make a note of mental health on this. Um, me calling it a funk is very different from those of us who struggle deeply with debilitating anxiety and depression and whatnot. This is just for those. And even if you do have the anxiety and depression, there is a stark difference between the blues that you feel every now and then, or the funk that you feel every now and then, compared to the debilitating depression and anxiety, because you can have both. 
So I don't want to, to discredit those who really struggle. I myself have really struggled and have taken years to get myself and my life straight. Many years of different kinds of therapy, different kinds of practices, different kinds of meditations. I am no stranger to that. But I also recognize that some people don't understand that. And some people think that their daily blues or the funks that they get in are that. And I want you to know that there is a difference. And sometimes you can feel both. You can be, you can have, you know, depression, major depression or anxiety and have good days, but but then have days where you're just kind of like in a funk, but it's not necessarily like a bad day, if that makes sense. Some of you I know can understand that. So this is just for those days when you're just in a spot and you're just like WTF. That's what this is for. So you can find all of these resources in the um, caption or whatever to this episode. So I hope this serves you and yeah, I'll see you when I see you.